Good morning. I cannot remember a time when a title of one of my platforms has generated so much curiosity. <laughs> Miss Manners' Guide to the Ethical Society. Mostly people laughed, and not just but one raised an eyebrow, but not to worry. Though I did briefly attempt a British accent and considered whether Miss Manners would have preferred I wear a bowler hat or a feathered boa, but in the end, I settled for just being me. I landed on this topic not because we are, like far too many congregations of all stripes, plagued with uncivil behavior. Far from it. But let's face it. There has been a mountain of stories lately about the lack of civility in the broader culture because of the recent antics of Congressman Kanye West, Serena Williams, Glenn Beck, the Tea Partiers, the reality TV guests, and others. And when it comes to political rudeness, there is more than enough incivility to go around on both sides. But it's hardly original or controversial to declare oneself against rudeness. Jean-Paul Sartre famously said, hell is other people, although he did say it in a beautiful French accent, which I cannot replicate. <laughs> in a new member meeting not too long ago, a woman said that she was hesitating to join. I could tell that she was enthusiastic. She'd been coming for quite a while. And so I asked, why? And she said, because I don't want to be disappointed. What I see, see here, what I hear, is exactly what I'm looking for. But I just don't want to come to a few months down the line and find that people here are like they are everywhere. <laughs> I don't want to be disappointed. So I said, you will be disappointed. <laughs> I said, even though this is a loving and an amazingly healthy community, if you're here long enough, you will be disappointed by something or someone and possibly even hurt a time or two. But the gift of this community is that we put relationships at the center of our concern. Relationships are not incidental to our beliefs, to our practices, to our governance, or to anything else. Relationships are central. We aspire to walk the talk in our lives at home, at work, and here at West. You know, our former interim leader, Richard Nugent, told me at one point that this was one of the strongest communities he had ever served. And when I asked him to tell me more about that, he said that we focus our attention on deepening the relational culture within our walls. It is this that allows us then to be effective ethical agents in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, and in the world at large. The preeminent idea of ethical culture 
is goodness. We are, to paraphrase our founding member, Dr. Felix Adler, in the business of discovering, teaching, and nurturing the conditions in which goodness flourish. And as a religious movement that combines both the gift of community and agency, we reject the idea that we are subject to the great uncivil forces that are whirling all around us in the broader community and that we should passively accept what is. We know that everything we do creates the culture we live in and the culture right here in this room. You and I can alter the feeling tone in this community. In fact, we do it all the time. In small ways and in large ways, everything that wells up inside of us in our lives, our frustration and anger, our pain and sadness, our happiness and love, our greed and our generosity, everything we feel here permeates the atmosphere in which we live. And the only meaningful choice, then, that we have is whether what comes forth from our lives is supportive or harmful. So why miss manners? Because ethics has to start somewhere, and it starts with civility. Civility consists of the actions that make it possible for us to live together and be together in community. They include, to some degree, deference, along with what might be called decency. And what I'm talking here is about politeness, good manners, courtesy. Politeness is a signal of readiness to meet some way, someone halfway. There is something that each of us can do, and it is a very simple something we've discovered. We can practice the rituals of civility and do so regardless of the many provocations to do otherwise. So those rituals of hello and goodbye, please, excuse me, thank you, may I help you, the ways we do what we say that we will do, respecting that no is a complete sentence, arriving and ending on time, so keeping our time agreements, will minutely but importantly alter that part of the world that is ours to alter. Judith Martin, Miss Manners, writes, the fundamental principle on a upon which the entire noble field of manners is based is respect for human beings, simply because they are human beings. However, as you all know, there's a sense of entitlement in our broader society, and it comes from this consumer mentality that we so often talk about, which tells us that we have a right to demand what we want when we want it. Thus, we are quite aware when we do not get what we want, desire, need, expect, assume, and because we feel entitled, we think we have a right to let others know every time that we are not pleased. 
Following simple rules of etiquette consistently and thoughtfully can save us from that unfortunate nod to self-absorption. Saying thank you to another person is a powerful act. Whether in person or by phone, by email, or by handwritten note, why? Because a sincere thank you, not a polite or perfunctory thank you, but a sincere one conveys three messages. First, that we have, been, we have seen the person we are thanking. We want to be seen when we come into community. So we have noticed that person. We have paid attention to what they've said or done. Second, we have appreciated their words and their deeds, or their deeds. They meant something to us. We have been touched by them. And third, we have recognized the other's point of view. What wonderful gifts to offer one another. Visibility, appreciation, affirmation. Expressing our thank yous promotes community, even amid disagreements and difficulties. Expressing our thank yous is a part of our ethical and spiritual practice. It is that serious, that important, and that beautiful. Anything, in fact, that promotes understanding and appreciation between people, that encourages us to give each other some space to be more rather than less accepting, to offer each other the benefit of the doubt regarding each other's motives and intentions, is a good thing. One of the things that I love about Adler's early um, thoughts about ethical culture was he saw that this as a lab, as a living lab, where through trial and error, through failing over and over again, tripping over ourselves as we rub up against each other, we would learn somehow to create harmony. So when I was thinking, just sitting around thinking in the middle of the night last night about what might constitute a guide, a mismanners guide to exceedingly correct behavior, I was also think that, that, thinking that you all, from your own experiences, have your own ideas that you would want to put in that book. And sometime, I would love for us to both capture on index cards what are the things that just drive us nutty in this place? Like people crinkling their candy wrappers during the platform, or let's see, what are some others? You all help me out on this. Cell phones. Okay, yes, cell phones drive us all crazy. Anybody else? Ah, people coming in late to the platform as if it's just sort of arbitrary that we're starting at 11, or any old time. We do start at 11. Anyone else? Yes, talking, and that especially happens, I noticed, during the collection for some reason. Those are things that somehow tear a little bit at the fabric of this community over and over again when they're repeated. It, it really does drive us crazy. So, if I were writing a Miss Manners guide, I would have to start with how we greet one another on Sundays. Do we look 
at each other when we're greeting visitors and members alike? Do we make eye contact? Do we actually listen for the answer when we automatically ask, how are you? A long time back, one of our members got tired of the how are you, I'm fine, how are you ritual, and when asked how are you answered, I have leprosy, to test if (laughs) others were listening at all. I thought that was a really good test. Do we take the time to truly meet this other person with openness and interest and not immediately launch into the business of Wes? Civility is remembering that when a newcomer comes to Wes for the first time with people they do not know, to participate in a type of religious service they are totally unfamiliar with because they might be longing for something, and and some of them even desperate for what we have here. We forget how extremely uncomfortable it is to visit for the first time. Most often now, visitors don't want an overwhelmingly warm welcome. They simply want to feel the vibe of this community and to see other people with whom they might have a chance of having something in common with. So I'm not talking here about pouncing on a new person and freaking them out with too much love. (laughs) What I'm talking about is becoming more sensitive to how newcomers actually feel so that when you do connect with them, you can do so with authenticity and with respect for where they are coming from. Now, I know we know I'll do, I'll do this, but I just thought it might bear repeating every now and then. And not just newcomers. Please know, please know, that there are fellow members here that when they receive a handshake or a hug on Sunday morning, It is the only time that they have had physical human contact in a week. Civility is about respect. It doesn't flow from perfunctory or patterned niceness, you know, the kind you hear from the clerks in the stores, but from genuine appreciation for one another. So now, moving on to listening. Listening means that when someone else is talking about something important, you're not talking. I know that seems so obvious, but somehow I've never really quite gotten it. You are not thinking about what you can say next, about the point you're going to make because it's good and they're wrong. If you're really good at listening, your mind is open to what they're saying, and you're working hard to understand and absorb their points. Now, sometimes this is hard because we cannot stand to be misunderstood. And if someone is talking to us in a way that misunderstands who we are, we just want to dive right in there and say, that's not what I said. That is not what I meant. Have you ever felt like that, doing that? Here's something I might learn one day. The world is not going to end before you get to say your piece. If you just be quiet and let them all go through what they're saying, no matter how misguided they are, just kidding, then you'll have a chance to talk, and they can do the same for you. And incidentally, you don't have to add an interpretation like, so you think I'm stupid and worthless, 
when that's not what they have said at all. And if you start your conversation by saying so, it's not going to be good. We would want people to communicate freely, openly, truthfully, and to agree to disagree if necessary. So I say those because we say those words a lot around here, but I do have a problem with this. Because I've been in situations where people have communicated freely, openly, and truthfully, and they cut someone's heart out. So in our fictitious Miss Manners Guide, I would want to say that we want to say whatever we have to say in that vein with love and with compassion, not in all of its cold harshness. We can feel passionate about something, but some of us have the belief that with a few more words or a few more points or another crack at the discussion, or if we talk a little louder, it's going to make the person agree with us. Or we think that they just don't understand, but they do understand, and they have listened to you completely, and they still disagree. Communicating with each other freely, openly, and truthfully, and lovingly is, I would say, a whole lot more preferable than anonymous communications, which always seem to me a bit like dynamiting a bridge. They leave no opportunity for the gentle mending of dialogue and response, which we are generally in this community, I think, very good at. So, the third point. Seek clarification when you need it. I am so honored when someone seeks clarification from me because we are not all clear all the time in what we're trying to say. So that would give me an opportunity to tell you what I meant. And that other person then doesn't have to keep stewing. So if you're stewing about something, ask. Maybe there is something to stew about, but maybe there isn't. So civility asks us to stand still, even in our discomfort, and just receive what the other person wants to say without agreeing or disagreeing, without exaggerating or ignoring it, without trying to make it go away. We are not problems for each other to fix or blank slates for each other to write our own scripts on. Limit your upset. We all have had the experience of wanting to lobby for our point of view. If I get frustrated with someone's behavior, I should go directly to that person. But we're not trained to do that in the broader society. We're trained to go sideways with it. We go to our next meeting and we say, oh goodness, can you believe what just happened to me? And everyone goes, oh, that's awful. I can't believe they said that to you. That's awful. And it's really delicious when that happens. But it's also not healthy. It's very healthy for the group if we can direct our comments to each other. Appreciate that sometimes we're just stuck in bad habits of attention. Like, where do we put our intuitive receptors? Some people seem to follow the negative stream. If you ask them about a meeting 
they'll say, oh, it was okay except for that one moment, and they're off and running. But all those other moments in the meeting were also just as real. I add to our guide um, the idea of addressing issues and behaviors rather than people and personalities. We talk a lot about that here. You can say very honestly and lovingly, I feel belittled and ignored by what you're saying. Your behavior is hurtful to me. And then you might have to step back and disengage for a moment. But when you're stepping back and disengaging, it helps if you can also examine your own self to see if your behavior is what, what it should have been in that moment. That's the part I hate, and I always forget to do that part. And if we ask someone to not take a jab at us, please don't tell us then that we're being overly sensitive. I must add here that kind of group mentality can sometimes take, um, can give way. And this has been going back, as I understand it, forever. Back in the 16th century, it turned out, for example, that um, with, in England, with British aristocracy, when they would get together for the winter holiday dinners, they would close the dinner because some count decided this was a cool thing to do by by festively throwing clods of dog excrement at each other. Now, I ask you, was there not anyone at that dinner who thought, wait a minute here, why are we doing this? <laughs> so I think every now and then we have to kind of step back and think, am I just going to go along with what everybody is saying here? Or am I going to actually stand up and say, this is weird. This is not how I see it. So that's just another little... Tip, I also have to say that Socrates was very troubled by the fact that children kept um, addressing adults in his time by their first name. Thought it was just really disrespectful. Always keep holding in your interactions in an ethical society that we are pursuing common goals. We are about something here, something important. We're about our mission. This is what we are here for, not rules and agendas. We're about our mission. This is what we need to be about. Let's all get to it then. So even if we get irritated, we have to remember that we're all in this together, going hopefully in the same general direction. So when problems arise in our relationships, it's good to just manage those problems right away. If you don't, they just kind of harden like the stuff that crusts over on your stove. And it's bad, and it, it looks like that too. Manage it as it arises, and it's really not such a big deal. We work very hard here to talk, walk our talk. We are held together by our agreements. Pay attention to what behaviors and attitudes make goodness grow. That's what our mission is. We want to respect one another. We want to talk to one another kindly. And we do want to return calls and emails and RSVP when community or committee leaders call us. 
it would be so nice if everyone just poured money into this place and we would never have to make those irritating pledge calls, reminding people that we have built our budget and can pay our leaders and our staff and keep our lights turned on based on the agreement that people will keep their financial agreements with us. And if you find that you haven't been keeping up with those payments because you've fallen on, fall on hard times, as we all do, you just need to pick up the phone and call one of us. That's it. That's all you need to do. We always are about speaking respectfully about one another as well as to one another. But you know what? We're all human beings. We have our darling sides and we have our destructive sides snarling in there somewhere. Appreciation is really at the heart of all this. It begins with that conviction that we are in this together and that's how we are how we are with each other matters. Respecting one's personhood, time, abilities, and offerings. It blossoms as people openly, frequently, publicly, and privately acknowledge each other's contributions. This is an amazingly rich, generous community of people who are giving of themselves all the time. And we should never, ever, ever leave a meeting without saying thank you. As people communicate openly, broadly, and in different ways, mindful, we must always be mindful that we access information differently. Some of us need to take a little while to process things. As people begin to even more figure out how to RSVP, how to get their newsletter articles in on time, their entries into the program guide and Sunday program in by the due dates, answer their emails and phone calls in a timely manner as people run meetings, plan events, complete projects in ways that invite and empower other people to bring their gifts to the table. That is how we will grow. Appreciation ripens as people pay attention to each other, thanking each other for our efforts, noticing when someone also might need some help, and responding to those needs. Good manners, ethical behavior starts with paying attention, paying attention to who is sitting alone at the platform on Sunday mornings? Who is sitting alone at the potluck? Whose child is standing alone and on the edge of the room? Who has no seat at the table? Paying attention and responding to people who have expressed a joy in their life or a sorrow. And we are so good at that. I, I do believe we are the best at that. Paying attention to people in fragile health or in need of support of any kind. Paying attention even when it takes us out of our comfort zone. It's worth it. Now we all have a desire to be free of rules. We all want to say, well, these rules don't really apply to me. 
But at the same time, everybody despises rudeness, especially when it is practiced on them. Everyone does. That is because justice and equity require that we are governed by principles that don't vary no matter who we are. And every time we fail to be civil, we are not only being respectful, disrespectful to the other person, we are also breaking the ties that bind us together in humanity. So say hello, say goodbye, say please, say thank you, over and over again, say thank you. Every time we ask ourselves if someone needs this seat on the metro more than I do, every time we ask ourselves what would the world be like if everyone is doing what I'm doing, every time we just say just because everyone else in this room is going along with something hurtful, I'm not going to, Every time we say, I'm not going to calculate the cost to me on this occasion. I'm just going to do the right thing. The world becomes a better place. It is ennobled. Know what's large and what's small. Few of us If any, never do anything that makes another person struggle to maintain their composure, even without our meaning to, or maybe even without noticing. It is the human condition. Earlier in our opening words, the poet described those two people together who exist as two distinct individuals, but, quote, their breaths together feed someone whom we do not know. They obey a third body they have in common. They have made a promise to love that body. We come here as separate people, but together we create a third body, the religious community. It is the people, and more than just the people, because it is what we become together. And so, with our guidebook in our heart, if not in our hand, we go forth together. None of us without our idiosyncrasies, none of us perfect, but united in the sense that whatever irritations they may be, there may be along the way, what we have here is a great and precious gift.